I was in Midtown Memphis on the third story balcony and very hopeless at this point. I had just been arrested. I had over $5,000 in debt and I was 21. Totally hopeless and I just decided that I was going to jump. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. And today we're going to be talking about the reality of suicide and suicidal thoughts. Suicide is a very sad and touchy subject. And if you have ever had someone you love go through it, I'm so sorry. I really am. And this is going to be tough to listen to this, But maybe if you've ever even thought about it for yourself, I'm here to share with you, it isn't the right answer for you. And on our show today, we will have Wesley Bartlett, who almost committed suicide by jumping off a building, but he didn't, and now has an amazing life. Wesley, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Wesley, we are glad to have you, and thank you for sharing, you know, these very personal, intimate experiences on our show Now, most would wonder, what kind of family did you come from? Like good, bad? What was it? It wasn't bad at all. My dad's a preacher and a truck driver, and then my mom's a counselor. They both are very loving and understanding, and so my upbringing was very nice. I mean, I was an introvert most of my life. I spent hours on video games and TV. Mm, Yeah, but at 12 years old, you met someone who had a bad effect on your life, who was older than you. How did you meet him? It was someone who was in a neighborhood nearby. They were next door neighbors to my cousin where they used to live. That's how I met him. Mm. But when you're 12 years old, this guy came to you and he started sexually abusing you and introduced you to porn. How did that affect your life? It wrecked everything. I mean, it changed the way I thought. I've done a little bit of research on this. Pornography actually changes the way dopamine is released in your brain and it overloads the receptors mm-hmm. and it rewires the way your brain works. Yeah. So when you start doing it, it's like for a fix, but every time you do it, you need to look into deeper, darker, more bizarre porn right. in order to get the same dopamine overload to get the same high. Yeah. And so since I started at such a young age, it became an addiction very fast. Ah, so as your mind was changed from that day forth, you grew up to 18 and started to party wildly from alcohol to cocaine, painkillers. How did that all get started in your life? When I was 18, I turned senior in high school. And it was right when I turned 18, I started smoking cigarettes because I was 18. And then I got introduced to the wrong crowd and finally gave in and actually smoked weed with them and drank with them. Because mm-hmm. I had friends who did it and they came over, but I actually never partook in it before right. until I turned 18. And so once I turned 18, I just tried them all at once and then it ended up being a party lifestyle because I do everything to the extreme. Mm, I understand. Now, with your mom being a counselor, your dad a preacher, do you think they were savvy to what you were doing? Like all the porn, the partying, the drugs? For a long time, I hid it. The porn and masturbation, things like that. I hid that entirely. They never knew. I was extremely deceptive and I was very smart. I hid everything from them, Mm. except for when I was smoking weed. That's when they found out 
because I came home one night at like four in the morning and took took a whole pan of banana pudding upstairs and couldn't finish eating it and like fell asleep while eating it. <laughs> they had a hunch then. And so they drug tested me. I tried to hide it. I think I poured a small bottle of bleach that I had. It was to pass a drug test for a job, poured that in the thing, and eventually just confessed to him and started talking to him about it, mm. about marijuana, at least. Wow. Must have been quite a conversation, you know. <laughs> but I understand the party lifestyle and the drugs continued on. And when you turned 21, you started becoming severely depressed, and you started hearing voices while listening to specific music. Tell us about that. Yes, I've always been into metal and rock, and so at a young age, it started early, and then a friend from middle school introduced me to, like, death metal, black metal, the really heavy extreme metal, and I just loved it, and I have loved it ever since. Now it's only Christian, though, but at that point, I didn't understand spiritual warfare, any of that at all, and so when I started listening to those, those artists, bands from, like, Sweden and Norway and Finland, it's like, they're actually satanic, and their lyrics are very, very evil, dark, torturous and so the stuff that they speak out into your spirit through your ear gates is extremely powerful. And it changes the way you think, wow. changes your emotions, changes your mindset, everything. Mm, interesting. So what were you hearing? Well, it was a combination of spirits. And it was also the fact that I did Xanax with someone when I was getting at a really bad point. We would snort Xanax. I snorted Xanax like 12 times with this friend. And so I had every single side effect of it. And one of those is suicidal thoughts. I was hearing demons and I was hearing voices. I'm sure it's all demonic, honestly, but right. that's what really caused it. I was hearing full sentences of how to kill myself, how to kill others and sentences and thoughts about people being tortured. And wow. like, no matter where I was, the enemy would just come against me and try to like destroy any thought I had of happiness or joy or peace or anything pure. Wow. That is pretty bad. But I understand the depression and suicidal thoughts got so overwhelming that one day you found yourself at a friend's house looking over a balcony on the third floor and you were ready to jump and kill yourself. How did that happen? I was in Midtown Memphis on the third story balcony and very hopeless at this point. I had just been arrested for scrapping metal. That's a whole separate story. But because of that, I had probation, bail bonds, court costs all kinds of debt. I had over $5,000 in debt and I was 21, totally hopeless. And I just decided that I was going to jump. And once I made the decision, my sister called me right at that moment on my dad's phone that I had borrowed that day because mine was stolen while I was in court that morning. She just talked to me for about 20 minutes and just told me miracles in her life about how she had fallen off a horse at 30 miles an hour and didn't get hurt at all. And how her husband was at Guitar Center and they had a raffle to win money. They wanted to win money to further their worship music. And they prayed for the papers to move around and they won the grand prize of like $500. I was able to get the microphones they needed. And then she just kept saying to me, leave no stone unturned in your life. And so for me, it was music and a few other things. But at this point, I was finally broken to the point where I just wanted to give everything to him. So I surrendered my entire life to God. That's awesome. And then the next morning was Sunday and I went to church with my parents. I hadn't been in about three months because I was drinking every Saturday with friends. And I was on the front row just surrendering everything, just saying, God, take my life. Like I was on my knees just by myself. No one was even praying for me. Mm. And the Holy Spirit filled me up. And when the Holy Spirit filled me up, I was healed instantly. All my brain cells, my memory, my lungs, my liver, all the damage from drugs, all the damage from alcohol, all the damage from marijuana. 
completely restored and gone. And I had this thick haze over my mind because my brain cells were so fried. I was so slow. My vocabulary was shot. And it just all came back to me instantly. Instant clarity. Mm, That is awesome. You know, what really stuck out to me is that though you wanted to throw your life away, instead you threw it at God. And He has given you purpose, clarity, and vision. What would you say to the person now who feels like throwing their own lives away? I'll tell them that it doesn't matter what has happened to you. It doesn't matter if it's sexual sin or what's happened to you from sins against you or sins that you have done. God can take everything in your life and completely turn it around and transform you, change everything in your situation, restore everything, restore all the relationships that are broken and prosper you. Mm, Agreed. Now, remember, friends, the Lord loves you and He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And I'm going to, in a minute, give you an opportunity to throw your life at the foot of the cross and to give your life to Jesus. And I'm telling you, it is going to be a life-changing experience. Wesley, it was such an honor to have you on our show. So encouraged. Thank you. Wait right there. We'll be right back right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Honestly, to me, it's a very sad story of how sexual abuse completely laid a landmine for this man's life to almost curtail him into suicide. I'm sure the one who committed the sexual abuse was definitely not thinking that their behavior could have almost destroyed someone else's life. I think when people sin, they never think about how they're hurting someone else. Rather, they're probably thinking of themselves in that very moment, not realizing that they are hurting someone else. Sexual abuse itself is heinous, and it's always wrong. And yes, I know that we live in a world that isn't perfect, but I am glad that a perfect God can help fix imperfect situations. Who would have thought that a relationship with Christ could bring such healing from sex abuse, drug addiction, tormenting thoughts, even in the form of a spirit? To the person who has been sexually abused, I want to encourage you. That isn't your identity. Yes, it's something that happened to you, but it doesn't define who you are. I know who you are. You are someone special. You are someone who has a meaning, value, and there's a purpose for your life. Don't give up. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Friend, God has a good plan for you. He has good thoughts towards you, but you have to go with Him to get it. 
It's like a shepherd who will guide you out of a desert. In order for him to guide you successfully out of that desert, you have to follow him. If you want God to deliver you out of some type of storm or mess of your past, you have to be willing to surrender and give up and choose to follow him. He has good things in store for you. And I sense that there's someone who's listening right now that has never truly surrendered to the Lord. And why? Because you aren't sure that you can even trust him. But let me ask you, friend, what if you're wrong? What if you can't trust anyone but him? This is actually what ancient writings reveal because it says that you'll be blessed if you trust in the Lord, but you'll actually be cursed if you put your trust in mankind. And that's including yourself. If you trust the Lord, he can get you out of any situation. Let's take a moment to do that. Lord Jesus, we just take a moment to identify that, Lord, if I'm trusting myself, I surrender that to you. Lord God, we surrender that to you. And we just ask for you to come into our lives and to guide us, Lord. Guide us out of this very thing that is gripping our lives so that, Lord God, we can find our way to healing. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.